Today in the Sam Mays podcast, we had former Sooner great Jeremiah Hull. We talked a little bit about this upcoming NFL combine in the NFL draft. We got into that transition period between Lincoln Riley, Bob Stoops, and Brent Venables and the Alamo Bowl. And we talked quite a bit about the podcast on the Prairie with Braden Willis. Hope you enjoy it. Speaking of, if you are enjoying the pod, be sure to check out our new series, This is 40, where we explore the physical and mental challenges that come with middle age. Don't forget to comment, like, and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. A big thank you to our title sponsor, Nature's Key. Nature's Key was founded in 2017 with one goal, to enhance one's life through the use of cannabis-infused products. I definitely know it's enhanced mine. Nature's Key believes that a quality product backed by science and made with state-of-the-art precision can legitimize cannabis as a trusted medical treatment and eradicate the stigma surrounding its use. I couldn't agree more. If you're curious about how cannabis products can change your life, Nature's Key is the brand that you can trust to deliver consistent, effective, medicinal quality products. Be sure to check them out at keytonaturesblessings.com and use the code MAZE2022 for 20% off your order. Know that you can enjoy the benefits of cannabis without getting high. If you're interested in sponsoring the podcast, reach out to us at samonsports at gmail.com and use the sponsor in the subject line. Now let's get to it. Jackson's of Kingfisher is a family-owned and operated dealership in Kingfisher, America with the motto, Come Join the Family. And when they say it, they mean it. My family and I have been embraced by Casey and the Jackson family from day one. And I'm here to tell you that if you're in the market for a new or used car, truck, or SUV and want a straightforward, no-hassle car buying experience, Jackson's of Kingfisher is the dealership for you. Give them a call at 866-695-8010 or check them out online at jacksonsofkingfisher.com. And right now, if you mention the Sam Mays podcast, you get $500 off any used vehicle on the lot. Jackson's of Kingfisher, come join the family. Buying a home is an overwhelming process. Wouldn't you rather work with a lender you know and trust? West Sims with Financial Concepts Mortgage can cover all your residential home loan needs from conventional FHA, VA, USDA, RD to down payment assistant loans and more. With low rates and one low flat rate origination fee, you can depend on the full transparency you need. Get pre-approved for your future today. Call or text 405-314-6276 or fill out your application at westsims.zipforhome.com. Experience the home team advantage. West Sims with Financial Concepts Mortgage. Let out the peace. Welcome, I'm Sam Mays. Today on the Sam Mays Podcast, we've got former Sooner and current 2022 NFL draft prospect, Jeremiah Hall. How are you, sir? What's up, Sam? Thank you for having me on. Hey, thank you so much. I do want to mention that you are the co-host of the podcast on the Prairie. It's one of my favorite listens uh, that uh, in podcast world right now, really the only podcast that I listen to. I think you guys are uh, hilarious. You have a ton of fun, and it's kind of cool to see you both just kind of grow throughout the podcast throughout the season as people started listening with more intent. Like, it just wasn't like, let's tune in and listen to these kids do this podcast. It was like, oh, my God, the sky is falling. Let's tune in. And through everything that went down with Lincoln and everything else, you guys were great. So we're going to talk about that here in a little bit too. But man, I just kind of wanted to catch up with you. You know, it's the season is is done. You are no longer, I mean, you're always going to be a Sooner, but you're no longer a current Sooner. Uh, now you're in Denver, Colorado, training for the uh, the NFL Combine, the NFL Draft. How you feeling? You look great. Uh, tell me what's going on. Thank you, man. I, I'm out here training in Denver, Colorado, like you said. You know, I'm having a time of my life. I wake up. I tell the guys every day I wake up and I smile because I'm I'm like, hey, 
I don't have school anymore. So life without, <laughs> school, man, life without school is a wonderful life, man. All I have to do is wake up, go work out, get my body ready and get ready for this combine. That's that's all I could ask for. So it's been fun. I've been getting to, getting to know uh, another group of guys. I miss my guys back in Norman. Like you said, I'm always a Sooner. There'll be nothing like that locker room back there. But I'm having a good time. I'm healthy, ready for the combine next week and uh, ready for my pro day in Norman. You know, I think for me, the, the biggest transition leaving college and getting to that scene was it was just a newness and a freshness that reminded me like what was coming from high school to college and, and it energizes you like you were an excellent college football player the game slowed down for you this last season you could see it you were thinking your way through it you knew exactly what to do with your body you're a very cerebral player you were a veteran there's no question about it talk about just that the energy now like the way that you work out and train the butterflies that I'm sure you're getting in your stomach get ready to go into next week like to, it's to me it was always just refreshing that there was something new for me ahead yeah, so for me, it's realizing that at the end of the day, it's just football. You know, it's the same thing as taking that first hit of a game. Once you get in there, once you take that first lick, you're good to go. So I'm trying to treat the combine the same way. You know, when I first got to Denver, I was nervous. I didn't know what life was going to be like. I adjusted. When I got to the Senior Bowl, I was nervous. I was super duper 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 nervous for the Senior Bowl. Let me tell you that. But once I... Once I got that first day in, I was good to go. So I'm pretty sure once I touch down in Indy, uh, get a taste of those interviews and, you know, get around some guys, I'll be I'll be good to go because I'll be around, you know, I'll be around some Sooners. I'll be around some guys that that were at the Senior Bowl. So I've learned, I've adjusted similar to what I did at OU, and I'm ready for what's ahead. Talk about that week at the Senior Bowl. I think people don't fully understand uh, what that process is and how intense it can be from the time you get off the plane uh, to the time that you finish up that game. I mean, it is all in mentally focused on the elevator, in the lobby, you know, just NFL eyes all over you all the time. Yeah, Sam, I I didn't know how intense the Senior Bowl week was going to be, but man, I learned quick. That whole week felt like fall camp in college and I was ready for it, but I wasn't anticipating the week to go like that. So Real quick, I'll give you a synopsis of what life was like. I get I get there around one o'clock, two o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday, right? And from Sunday afternoon, as soon as I step foot off the plane, I'm busy. I'm busy doing paperwork. I take a wonder look test. I'm getting a physical. I'm getting fitted. I have dinner. I have meetings and so much more. So they have us busy until around 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. Then that Monday, they wake us up around 6, 6.30. We have breakfast. We have events. We have meetings in the afternoon which were from four to around six o'clock right that's when we got the plays at seven we met with 16 of the teams we met with the scouts from 7 to 11 30 at night 11 15 wow. when we finished so i got back to my hotel room around 11 30 11 40 then i had to go study the playbook i had to learn the plays because we had practice the next morning so i'm up until 12 30 in the morning and then I have to be right back up at 6 o'clock, 6.30, because we have practice, we have, um, you know, breakfast, and we just taping, all that type of stuff. So it's, it was a quick turnaround, man. Early mornings, late nights, didn't ever get a full eight hours of sleep. But after that Senior Bowl game, I think I went to sleep at like 7.30, man. I was exhausted. The whole week was tiring, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. I had a great time. Yeah, you know, there, there's nothing quite like Senior Bowl drills, 
right? Like the intensity, things that you've done since you were a boy. You know, you're 12, 13 yeah. years old. You remember doing those same drills at the senior bowl. It's like, oh, but these are the best players in the country. And now the contact is going to be real. Now the technique has got to be perfect. Any memories of a player you went up against, blocked against that you were just like, yeah, this is this is what's next, right? This is what NFL football feels like. Yeah, you know, we honestly, we didn't even have as many reps as a normal practice in college, but you were just as, as tired, if not more tired after practice because every rep mattered so much more. You strained Absolutely. so much more. I remember doing a punt, punt drill, punt return drill with a, with the linebacker from Cincinnati. I think he's supposed to be a top, uh, top pick in the draft. Yeah. And people weren't lining up to get reps. And so me and him literally went at it back. Like somebody else go, then we went. Somebody else go, then we went. Like we kept going and going and going because I'm like, hey, I'm going to show these scouts and I, I can step up. I got the stamina to go against the best in the country and, you know, get a couple of reps in. You know, he won some, I won some. But the point of that, the point of me saying that is the strain that required for it you know, both of us to be, you know, showed what we had. So um, I was out there trying my best, man. It, it was it was a cool experience, though, because I realized that I belong there. After you win a couple, your confidence goes up. Absolutely. You, you say to yourself, you know what? I, I got this. You know, same thing happened to Perion. Same thing happened to Brian Osamoa. Same thing happened to me. So uh, we belong there, and I'm, I'm excited for the future. What was it like watching Perion go to work I think you probably knew, you know, as as one of his teammates, you you clearly seen him as an individual. You know what he brings to the table. You know, we could talk all day long about the Alex Grinch defense. I think it served a purpose at Oklahoma. Really, kind of, you know, it, I think it's a it's a small team league defense that oh, you needed in the moment to get back on track. But I think it really did prevent weapons like Perion and Nick Benito from really showing what you saw at a Perion in that senior bowl were you just completely blown away and how did he handle all of that no I, I wasn't surprised at all because I saw that in practice I was just glad I wasn't the one blocking him Perion <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, didn't surprise me at all I'm just glad that he was able to to show what we had show what he had on the stage um in front of the, uh, that stage in front of the scouts you know it came together perfectly for him you know I don't have any regrets about this past season or what our defense was like you know I think everything happens for a reason and Perion was able to show why he's the best of the best he'll definitely be a first if not second round pick and it is what it is at this point he's he's moved on and taken advantage of his opportunities so t tell me about Jeremiah Hall the NFL draft prospect to me I think that the thing that I appreciate appreciate about you the most is the way that you took a leadership role with this football team when it was desperately needed this fall. You've got a, a Spencer Rattler who seemed to be entrenched in the beginning of the season. You've got a Caleb Williams that comes in as a freshman and doing his best to lead on the field, but leading off the field is a whole different scenario. When I would tune into a press conference or look for quotes, I would always look for Jeremiah Hall. It just seemed like you had the respect from the players and from the coaches and that, I mean, you kind of took that role and, and ran with it. Yeah, you know, I I did a lot of learning, not only learning how to be a captain, but learning who Jay Hall is myself, because I've never been in a situation before like this past season. You know, I'm used to having Baker Mayfield, who's throwing the ball everywhere, Kyler Murray, who's killing it, Jalen Hurts, who always found a way to get it done. You know, I'm, ha I'm used to having success on offense, and when – 
this year came, I I was having trouble trying to find ways to respond. You know, I'm like, hey, like, why isn't this clicking? You know, I'm asking coaches, what do you think? What should I say? What should I say to the team? Is it is it something I'm doing? You know, I asked a lot of what can Jay Hall do? And even, even you know, when things didn't go well, even when the Kansas game didn't go well, but we still won, I, I still took responsibility for that because I was always searching on ways that I could bring out the betterness of my team. So I, I, I think I... I think I did a pretty good job with with what I had. You know, we did face some struggles between the quarterbacks. You know, I, I had a young team as well. So, you know, hindsight is always 2020. Things will never be perfect, but I tried. I did my best. I'm proud of what we did. I'm still proud of our season and the way it ended, even though it wasn't perfect. But um, being a captain this year definitely was was a little bit different than years past from other captains, I will say. So Lincoln Riley leaves, and we'll kind of just leave it at that. Um, Bob Stoops steps in as the interim head coach, and I, I just kind of want to get a, a feel from you what that moment was like seeing Coach Stoops come in the locker room, which I'm sure he has a million times, but in the capacity where you were calling him coach, knowing that he was going to be your guy for the next several weeks leading into this album matchup against an Oregon team that ended up being, you know, COVID hit and hurting all the things. But Oregon's brand was worthy of the Oklahoma Sooners. What was that transition like for you? And and how was Coach Stoops in the locker room? What was it like to play for a legend? You know, when first, when Bob first came into the locker room, into our meeting room and said he was going to be the interim head coach, my heart just felt so heavy. I didn't even register that, to be honest with you. It was just so much going on. I was like, is it worth me playing this game? You know, I have you know, my future and my training to, to worry about. Bob is here, but this is a, just a temporary patch. And so many thoughts were going on through my head, much like the rest of Sooner Nation, that it, it, it didn't really click for me until we got down to, to San Antonio. Once we got down to San Antonio, I started hanging out with Bob because all the captains had events with the head coach. So I'm always in the back cracking jokes with Bob, hanging out with Bob. We're, every time I see him in the hallway, we're having conversations. You know, I'm the captain, so he's always talking to me. And that made me feel so much better about life, man. I don't, I don't know if you know Bob personally, but this man is a man of the people. He is truly a player's coach. He relates to you in ways that just makes you feel good about yourself. And that feeling made me want to go balls to the wall for him. Like he was only my head coach for a couple of weeks, but I felt like that we had a connection that would last a lifetime. And for that, I'll forever be grateful for Bob. You know, he recruited me as well. I was the last class that he recruited prior to his retirement. And having that opportunity to play with him meant the world to me. I, I remember talking to him before the Riverwalk Parade. I was like, you know what, I'm going to make sure we, we, um, we send you away on top because, you know, he, he never got a farewell tour. Right. That's he, right. It was kind of a surprise. And I asked him, I was like, what do you think about that? Calling this a farewell tour. He was like, you know what? I never had one, but I'm sure as heck glad that I get this opportunity. So we, we both found ways to take advantage of it. He had fun. I had fun. And I, I'm happy with the way things ended. I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I have no regrets. So in that few weeks that coach Stoops was your head coach, uh, as a media member, as a former player, um, you know, I, I played at Oklahoma State, was All-American back in the day. I co started covering Oklahoma eight years ago, and all I've covered is Heisman Trophy winners, Joe Moore winning offensive lines. Like, I know nothing of Sooner Nation outside of 
success. Even the teams I played against were incredible. National championship hunts every single year, right? So as I go through this, Lincoln is out, Bob's interim, what's the future? I have no idea how anybody's going to react to this. And what happened next is one of the most incredible things I've ever seen from any individual fan base as Sooner Nation rallied in an unbelievable way. I had my son and daughter with me down with, with my fiance at uh, in the Alamo Bowl. We actually saw you and Braden in the uh, mall. You guys took a picture with, with them and my daughter's face is all red and she still talks about that photo. She put that photo in her little photo album as far as our trip is concerned. So you guys made like the first three pages or so and that deal, which was cool. But I mean, what a just an incredible turnout emotionally, physically. I mean, the Alamo Bowl wants the Sooners back. I don't know that we would get them back anytime soon, but they want them back because that was insane, right? Talk about the fan base and, and just the overall emotional feeling surrounding that football team and how everybody just kind of embraced everybody. You know, I think this past season I had a special connection with the fan base, mostly because of our podcast. You know, we – we spend a lot of time interacting with the fans on Twitter. You know, we I always tell Braden, we have to make sure we do a good job of answering DMs and, you know, responding to people when they say something because they're the reason we have success. You know, they're they're not just fans, but they're the reason that we're on this pedestal, you know, and so we have to show appreciation. Granted, we can't get to everybody. However, we do our best to say, you know, give a like or say thank you to respond because we know that that without you guys we wouldn't be anything and so I was trying to make sure I show appreciation to that and we got a bunch of messages man on the podcast page our personal page um just everywhere on Twitter not only for us but for the team you know for for guys that are announcing that they're staying for you know like Braden when he made his announcement just nothing but love you know there's the other side to it, you know, guys that, that left, you know, they made their decisions. But for the most part, man, I love our fans. I love the way they support us. Um, I love that we had a great ending. And I can't do nothing but say thank you and smile because I feel like I went out on top. Your co-host, Brayden Willis, staying at Oklahoma. I love the announcement because it was there a bit of a – did you think he said he was leaving initially when he said it? Yeah, yeah. He yeah. Said, <laughs> yeah, he said he was going to declare and then yeah. he was like, nah, I'm playing. And then I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> the look on your face was fantastic in that moment. I love how just authentic you guys are. Uh, I mean, you seem to be best friends, right? Is that is that the truth? You guys hang out a lot? Yeah, and when Braden came over to the H-back room, it was pretty much just me and him. And rather than bickering about who got reps and who did what, we were more so brothers in a tag team and anything is – like, okay, I recognize what you can do. You recognize what I can do. We both have mutual respect for each other. It's like, okay, you want this play? You can have it. Okay, Jay Hall, you want this play? You're good at it. You can have it. And so when you have that type of bond, there's no – and and there's no bickering. It, it's nothing but love because you both want the best for each other, even though we play the same position. We're competing. We're making each other better at the same time as well. But that also translates to the, the podcast. You know, you guys – see me do most of the interview questions and then you see Braden respond like we we know each other and do so well because we respect each other and naturally that makes the podcast enjoyable for people to listen to so whose idea was that it was so I had a kid actually from out here in Colorado who just finished up school hit me up and he said hey I think you're a great speaker I'm a fan for Oklahoma I want you to 
be the host of the podcast that I'm trying to create. So I said, okay, let's, let's talk about it. So we got on Zoom. He gave me his pitch, his PowerPoint and everything. That's my, that's my producer, Alex, now. And I said, I like it. You're organized. I think we can make something happen. So he said, pick somebody and let's roll. And so first person I went to was Braden. And I said, hey, you know, we play the same position and all, but I think that we can create something special. And he said, okay, let's, let's do it. He, Braden's not a huge, like, NIL, like, public figure guy. That's not his role. But I think that the podcast has allowed for him to grow, figure out ways to communicate to different people, figure out what he likes to do. And I think it's brought the best out of not only us, but the guests that we have on there as well. So that's the backstory, a little got it out the mud type of deal. We don't do anything fancy. You know, I'm, we all, I'm always in my apartment. He's always in his apartment. We have no special equipment or anything. We're honest and transparent. And I think that's what makes this so successful. Oh, I would agree to hundred percent with that. It's just very, like I said, authentic. And I think that's kind of what people are looking for. Um, what, what's the future of the pod? Is it going to continue through your first NFL season? Are you guys going to keep up with it? It will definitely continue through the rest of this year, 2022. However, I do not know the future of the podcast. I have some ideas that I'm not willing to, to, to release there yet. yet, but I do, I do plan on having the podcast be around for a little bit longer. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Well, I'm, I'm a fan. I'll listen every time you guys post something up there. I think you're great on social media. And uh, as far as the, the speaking, Alex got it right. I mean, you are fantastic. I'm sitting here looking at you now going, he sounds so polished. It took me five, six years in the media to get to the level that you're at right now. So uh, well done there. We'll wrap this thing up talking a little bit about what's next for the Oklahoma Sooners, right? They, they go out, they get their guy. Brent Venable seems to be a program guy, a lot like Bob Stoops. He was there with Coach Stoops as they kind of cut their teeth in a Big 12 that was one of the best conferences in college football at the time. I think he very much has an understanding of what the expectations are for Sooner Nation. And ever since coming in, you know, it's that culture conversation that he keeps having that makes you truly believe that just maybe they'll be able to kind of brave this storm and hit the ground running coming into this next season. Yeah, I have all the faith in, in, in the world and in, in BV. And I know, I know, what the culture is like in that locker room, that's not going to change. I think that the Sooners are used to, to hard work, right? I think that even with, even with Benny, the workouts were different, but we worked hard, you know, in practice, practice was always hardworking. You know, Venables knows what it takes to be a Sooner. And I don't think that's going to make the difference. I think what's truly going to make the difference is everything that he's doing outside of football. Remember, I previously just spoke of Bob Stoops and how he was, so personable in how he he could relate to his players, no matter who it was. You know, you guys may or may not know, but Venables has an open door policy. He never closes his, his door from the time that he stepped in. And even now, I still talk to Braden about it. That is what we were missing before. We didn't have that before. That connection wasn't there. It was more so players, captains, and then coaches rather than just merging that all together. And you can see that from the guys going out to eat together, the, the camaraderie, the, you know, the, the Norma text that they just got Advo advocacy for the players shows that, that, that the coaches care more than the average. And those may be little things. Those may be, it's just dinners. It's just Norma text. No, it shows that the coaches are going out of their way to provide players things and opportunities that they didn't have in the past. Another example would be the sole mission, what Caleb Kelly and, 
and the rest of the former seniors are a part of. We didn't have that before. So it just shows that Venables is taking an effort to provide the players more than the average. That's not what we had before. And I think that camaraderie is going to make a difference this coming season. And, you know, out of all the years that you were at Oklahoma and, you know, you saw some great ones. You mentioned Bob Suits recruiting you. You play with Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts. Where does this season rank for you as far as just the experience is concerned? And just just as far as, you know, when you look at look back on your career, will you remember this season as one that molded you as a person and molded the Oklahoma football? Where are you at with this year? Because, you know, you played in semifinal games. You know, the Alamo Bowl is not a semifinal game. Look, I had to remind myself of that. Seriously, Jeremiah, when I got there, keep in mind, I've covered nothing but greatness at OU. So when I show up to media events for cover OU, I get someone to carry my bags into place most of the time, right? We got a media room that's got all the booze and food and like five-star meals and everything else. I yeah. hadn't comprehended what the Alamo Bowl was going to be like. So when I got there, I was like, hey, me, I got to, where's everybody at? Where's the, where, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was a whole different experience. So I can only imagine, you know, coming from the pinnacle down to that just a little bit, but man, this season had to be somewhat special. This season is definitely number one for me. You know, we came up short, but it's number one in my heart because I grew so much between this, the season prior and to now. I think the losses and the, the adverse moments, the moments where we felt down the most are, are what I'm actually going to remember the most. I could honestly, I, I remember the playoffs and it was fun. I had a good time. But this past season was what has, has molded me, has prepared me for the NFL from a leadership perspective, um, the growth of my podcast showing that I can create something of value, um, the success that I had this past season, the versatility that I showed, and everything that this season was about in relation to me was growth. You know, I look back from me redshirting to me. Many people don't know this, but I've gotten my spot taken twice and still came out on top. I still made all Big 12. There's a whole nother story about that that I can tell. I made all Big 12 back to back. And when I sit here and I think about all the all the adversity that I've gone through, all the struggles that I've gone through, all, all the ups and downs and even the losses of this past year, I think of this season and how far I've come and now. I, I get the opportunity to go achieve my dream. So this is this is definitely a special one for me. Um, I'll always tuck it in my back pocket and, and hold on to it and the memories that came with it. But I, I'll never forget the guys, the people, and, and everything that, that we've accomplished. Jeremiah, next week, huge week, combine week. I think that you are an elite athlete from everything I've ever seen is there has there been a moment in your training where you have like I look I've never been in a sprinter stance in my life when I started training for the combine it's like what do you mean you want me to get in this little itty bitty stance and why do my hands got to sit like so how, how's all that been for you were you a track athlete in high school like has all of that kind of nah man I've never been a I, I did high jump in, in in high school but I've never been a strong tester you know that's probably one of the reasons why I was late on getting a scholarship to OU. I've, I'm To me, man, I'm a football guy. 
You know, I agree. Rarely yeah. is anybody ever going to hit top speed. You know, I get it. You want to see how fast guys are. You want to see how strong guys are. But look, you want to see how strong I am. Go look at my film and realize that I'm 245 going against guys that are 280 plus every single play. That's how strong I am. Realize that whenever somebody comes and tries to tackle me, I'm always going to break the first one and go get some yak. That's how good I am on the football field. Realize that when a play breaks down, I always find a way to make it happen. That's a football player. You know, I could care less about the combine. It's just something that I got to do. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's one of those things where it's all right. You don't like it, but you got to do it. All right. So I'm going to go out there. I'm going to have my pro day. Um, I'm going to kill it, whatever that means. I'm, I'm talking myself up right now, but I'm prepared for it. You know, I, I, I don't. I don't weigh too much on it. I try not to stress about it, but I'm going to go out there and run a fast 40. I'm, I'm going to go bench and, and be strong and, and whatever else they have me do, I'm, I'm going to be good at it because I don't, I don't want to be considered mediocre. But uh, like I said, not a, not a huge numbers guy, but whoever gets me is going to get a, a good football player. Know that. I think that the thing that will help you the most is these one-on-one sitting down, uh, talking football with a coach, and letting them know who you are. Like expectations from here, from me, are high for you, young man. I'm proud of you. I think you've done an exceptional job this year. You handled yourself brilliantly, and I'm, I'm looking forward to watching where your career ends up, man. Thank you so much for your time today. For sure, Sam. Thank you so much for having, having me on the pod. Oh, before you let me go. Yes. The podcast. The yes, podcast. the prayer on the podcast. Yes, tell me. What's yes. what's next? What you guys, what y'all got coming up? Oh, so we just dropped the episode with Jordan Evans and our basketball superstar, Maddie. She is a dog on the field. Oh, yeah. Actually, one of my favorite interviews because of how energetic it was, how cool the guys were. Jordan had a cool story about having to do the Stairmaster with Schmitty with his hands. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure you guys tune into the podcast on the Prairie. I know most of you guys that support Sam support me as well. Don't miss the episode. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And listen to the podcast on the Prairie. Uh, I, I love that stuff. It's fantastic. A whole different look, a whole different insight coming from uh, that campus there. And obviously with you out there in Colorado, it's going to be big time stuff, man. So good luck with that. Good luck next week. And uh, do your thing, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, Sam. Thanks, Jeremiah.